All right, Bismillah, and we are live. Assalamu alaikum, Omapreneur family. Welcome to episode number 11 of the Omapreneur Live podcast. And today with me, I have a very special guest, and I'm super excited to bring him to you today. And I thank him so much for taking the time to share with us his value and his time today. His name is Fatih Hadi, the co-founder of Colab, being the world's first social tech platform created for the global Islamic economy. And this platform is really transforming the way organizations, mosques, nonprofits, businesses operate and communicate with each other and with their communities by providing a platform to do it all in one place. And honestly, I checked that out myself. It's something we're going to be implementing at Omarpreneur and using as well because the features on it are absolutely amazing and definitely something that is lacking in the tech platform community for business owners out there. So Fathadi, thank you for coming on, for sharing your value, your time with us today. I really appreciate you joining us on this podcast. Assalamualaikum. Thank you so much, uh, Evi. Thanks for having me here. Uh, good morning, everyone. And uh, really uh, having a blessed month, just beginning with the month of Zilhaj. It's, true. Like, it's, it's an absolutely blessing to uh, speak to you all. Alhamdulillah. Thank you so much, Rayman. And uh, of course, with every single podcast, the first thing that we ask, and it's to make sure that we get the audience to get to know you a little bit, get to know a bit about your story, about your journey. So if, you, if you're okay with that, can you share with us, Fatah, a little bit about your journey from going from someone who didn't own a platform, didn't own a tech company to creating Colab Dean, right? Which is now a leading tech platform in the Muslim industry. How did you go from one place to the other? Alhamdulillah, I think I think that's a huge uh, question. Very loaded <laughs> questions. You know, uh, I think I have to put down all of my experiences together to explain this. But in short, you know, uh, uh, I'm, I'm uh, once again, you know, as, as been introduced, uh, my name is Fateh Ali, co-founder of Collabdeen. Uh, we are building a community collaboration platform. We are a team of productivity experts, revolutionizing the way how communities organize themselves, share information and knowledge and communicate with their people. So we are reinventing the online to offline collaboration and the global Islamic economy. Mm -hmm. So our focus, you know, been uh, widely uh, in, in two aspects ratios, but uh, just to give you a little background of uh, myself, you know, uh, born and brought up in the south, south part of India uh, in very get go from my childhood, I was always helping my parents uh, to be part of, uh, you know, I've tasted entrepreneurship uh, my uh, mother was teacher and evening she used to always hustle. I've seen my uh, father has been hustling all his uh, life. So through through them, you know, I've learned uh, the importance of time, importance of making use of your own life and importance of giving back to the communities, uh, whatever type of community it is. So I, I think that's that's when my actual, uh, you know, entrepreneurship journey started when I was like, a uh, small kid. Uh, a lot of people who know me, they understand. You know, when I was a small kid, uh, I was going uh, to nearby villages, getting some uh, fresh fruits and vegetables, at, and pass it on to the neighborhood. You know, and then I made that kind of a business. And the same money that which I used to accumulate, I used to go back to the schools uh, in those neighboring villages and give back to those, uh, uh, you know, uh, students or the children there uh, with uh, slates or books or whatever it was. So I think that was something, you know, at, at I really started enjoying. That was the uh, very early days. Uh, while I, uh, you know, uh, have went into my college days uh, in my final year, uh, this is an interesting story that turned my life towards this entrepreneurship. So when I was in college, uh, in my final year, I went and announced to the whole college university and said, hey, this final year project, I'm actually uh, going out to go and sell it off. And it's not for the marks. Right. And I took this as a challenge to myself. And uh, guess what? I not just got the best marks. I even had to you know, go out and sell this product, though the, uh, the platform, the technology I used as Java was not so good. I was still a student, but uh, a lot of people liked uh, the interface, the, the uh, designs that I've actually implemented in developing that uh, platform. So that gave me an initial interest into, you know, uh, a journey which kicked off while uh, Immediately after my college, I uh, get got onto the Fidelity Investment, one of the, the financial institute. While I was nine to six, an employee, six p.m. onwards, I used to uh, pick up uh, some side projects, side gigs. Uh, always continued doing that. Three years into my career, and again, a new uh, you know uh, life unfolded. I wanted to quit and start up my so software firm back in India. Now, I was about to uh, in the verge of doing this. I 
quit. I mean, I was, I was about to quit and, you know, I got a very good offer from Singapore mm -hmm. uh, from one of the best companies, JP Morgan Chase, one of the best technologies. Uh, working for uh, a virtual platform, virtual, uh, you know, applications was one of the first thing that was just uh, getting started in this world in 2009, uh, mid of 2009. That is when I learned the technology and I was one of the qualified one to be here uh, within short span of time I was here. And I said, hey, uh, let me park my dream of, uh, you know, uh, setting up my own company and then take this forward as much as I could because I came to one of the best places, one of the best company, uh, Singapore being one of the best places. Uh, it gave me a good exposure. I wanted to learn from uh, what's happening in, in outside India and outside the world. Uh, Alhamdulillah, in the last eight years of my uh, journey with uh, JP Morgan, I was one of the top achiever uh, within the bank while uh, I was dealing with about 13 countries in project management. Wow. While that was happening, uh, I was always side hustling. First few uh, years, I was bachelor and then I got married. You know, my entrepreneurship journey actually moved on from there, uh, developed a lot of projects, took a lot of projects and, you know, passed it on back in India, uh, 2009, 2010 onwards, uh, you know, uh, uh, the Android and iOS applications started booming. I started creating small utilities. So it, I kind of tasted a lot of things in various uh, aspects, uh, did a lot of projects for myself and for a lot of people. Now, there was a turning point where my journey actually started moving up deep dive into the communities right mm. now i started serving uh, a lot of communities on the ground from blood donations camps to diversity councils to churches to mosques to a lot of faith-based uh, communities on the ground on the weekends i used to go and spend time with a lot of people and started realizing the technology has been least consumed in this non-profits mm. and uh, you know that's that's when i slowly started drifting towards you know what can we do you know coming from a technology uh, background, I was thinking of various ways to go and help them, and which I did. At those days, whatever best technologies, I implemented a couple of uh, software projects. I had a web hosting uh, uh, server, which later on I sold to uh, somebody in New Zealand. So kind of I went through the whole cycle of evolution of myself, which gave me a good, uh, you know, hands-on to uh, the business, understanding uh, various, uh, you know, various segments of uh, technology. But uh, 2013 onwards, I mean, uh, I'll try and wind up this in the next two minutes. No, <laughs> so, no, no worries. Because in 2013, I think uh, uh, when I started understanding more, trying to see what what is the next big thing I could I could think of, you know, that is when uh, two things came in mind. One was you know e-commerce that was booming up, and yeah. then with e-commerce, I got hold of uh, Shopify, right? Mm -hmm. Shopify has been one of my inspiration while I built uh, Collabdeen because Shopify as a platform is one of the you know fastest uh, mowing uh, technology uh, where a lot of people, sorry, I'm just lo looking at myself on the live, right? Uh, while Shopify, uh, you know, uh, being one of the inspiration for me, the way technology has been uh, done, anyone could actually build a, uh, you know, e-commerce platform in a couple of minutes or a couple of uh, you know hours probably so my envision for these muslim communities started with shopify saying we should develop an app because i was uh, while i was serving different communities i said okay I'll, I'll build a website for you i'll build, build a, an app for you but it's it was not scalable i did not have time to go and you know replicate the same model to 10 different masjids 10 different communities yeah the idea came from you know inspiration from shopify where you know why don't we actually think of building a cloud-based solution where it's not about just giving out back to a local geography, say Singapore or India or Malaysia. You know, why, why, we can we can definitely think of doing something at a global level. Mm -hmm. So 2013, 2014 onwards, you know, this is the journey I started looking off. It was far off a dream. I did not even think that I would one day would you know really go and achieve that. But constantly there was something behind the scenes that I was trying to see if there's some way I could. Uh, that is when you know I I happened to meet. My co-founder, which is who is one of my good friend now, uh, we happened to you know build up the business vision which I had and uh, the technology uh, vision. Uh, my co-founder, who is also uh, based in US, uh, has spent a lot of time working with again banks, uh, helping with millions of transactions to save billions of dollars to the bank. So it was a very good match for us to see together what we could do you know that's when the actual journey started 2015 onwards i really really deep got deep dives studying global communities uh, around the world and when did think, you uh 
Sorry, so you so met your co-founder. What made you guys decide that, you know what, let's build this together or, or we wanted to build a platform together? What, what sparked that decision for you? It's interesting, right? Uh, when I, uh, you know, uh, I think 2000, it was 2014 when I uh, created a physical product, you know, I created a physical product for, for the Muslim community, uh, built a product in China. It was a hardware product uh, mm -hmm. built in China. Uh, while I was still working for Jake Morgan, a side hustling, had a company in India, running operations from there, sold pre-orders, sold globally, right? It was, it was a success, you know, even before getting the, the real product in hand, I already had hundreds of pre-orders. That gave me a good satisfaction. That is when, you know, uh, uh, my co-founder, now uh, Mohammed, who, is, uh, uh, who said, who reached out to me through a common friend and said, hey, this seems to be interesting. Uh, why don't you actually build this product more onto a cloud-based, uh, you know, web, uh, kind of web-based or a mobile-based platform. Uh, so our initial 30 minutes conversation uh, went on to one, uh, almost one hour plus. And we knew that, you know, uh, this, this is going to be a match. We could do something together. That is when, you know, uh, we joined hand and said, hey, uh, when time comes, uh, I might uh, definitely want to quit JP Morgan and see uh, if we could take this full time. And that's right. what had happened. It's been two years now into our journey with Collabdeam. Alhamdulillah, we have a platform uh, which is at a beta stage going global. We have already reached out to close to 38 countries now, organically grown uh, from uh, zero users. We had a lot of uh, challenges. We had, uh, you know, definitely like any other startup, uh, we had many more other challenges uh, being in this space uh, where we are going and serving Muslim communities. We had internal challenges, external challenges, technology challenges, something we don't have anyone who is a leader to who we can kind of mimic. It's something that we have built from scratch. Uh, we had a lot of learning curve, learning journey, and that is where we are. We can definitely uh, talk further from here. Yeah, mashallah. Awesome. So there's a lot of things that I want to touch upon. And honestly, what an inspiring journey. And everyone in the comments is just saying of how amazing yeah. the story is. So I just wanted to really thank you for sharing that. Now, Fatah. One of the things I noticed in your story, and it's a pattern that I've heard, and it's that no matter where you were in life, whether you were in university, whether you were in working for JP Morgan and all these other companies, you were always side hustling. You're always working outside of your working hours to build things that you were passionate about, that you loved, that you wanted to work on. A lot of people, sometimes they consider entrepreneurship, but they tell themselves, you know, I have, I have a job that I can't quit. I have bills to pay, so I can't really start now you are proof that that's not the case and that you can start it no matter what job you have. How, number one, what was the motivation be behind still wanting to work and how did you find the energy to work when you came back nine to six after JP Morgan and you were already tired and you were spent all day? How did you find that energy to keep working on your side hustles? And then what was the point where you were able to go full time? Right, I, I think uh, it, it's... Uh... Again, as you mentioned, I think it's it's again the pattern. Uh, mm -hmm. While I was doing a lot of side gigs uh, throughout my uh, career, you know, I've got 13 years of uh, corporate experience. All the 13 years when I was doing something, I always had hundreds of instances when I, you know, uh, before uh, going to bed, I used to think, when is the time that I would really quit? You know, uh, I always used to put this, uh, you know, back door and say, okay, this is not the time. This is not the time, you know. As things started polishing, what I learned within my pattern was, you know, every day you have an idea and next day you will have a better idea, right? So I was trying to see if this idea is really worth quitting your full-time career or not. You know, while I was starting learning, I knew that, you know, I was still uh, at, the, at a very beginning stage. Uh, I had a lot of things to learn. I really wanted to see if I could really do a, something at a global level. You know, uh, while I mentioned, you know, I uh, created a few products, uh, sold globally, white silencing, that gave me a real good motivation and a kind of back push saying, hey, you can do it, right? So that is one thing. Uh, the motivation comes from, uh, you know, family and friends. Definitely every day I used to work, cycle, hustle. You know, my uh, parents' uh, early days, they always supported me as much as I could. I mean, as much as they could. And uh, when I got married, my wife was constantly, uh, you know, uh, my one of the moral and physical support always to go out, push me further and says, you could really go and achieve it. Uh, it also comes to a factor where, you know, a lot of people would think 100 times to quit, uh, you know, uh, quit your very good uh, position like JP Morgan Chase while I had the best of uh, company and uh, 
having yeah, a very definitely. decent salary, having a good good profile, and you know everything. You know, having uh, the insurance coverage for everything. Leaving everything aside and then jumping up to something, it, it's like jumping out of the parachute without having a parachute. You have to build the parachute on the way while you're falling down, right? True. This is what exactly I did. My yeah. motivation and support was my uh, definitely my wife, who was also, uh, you know, uh, very much backing me up, uh, both in terms of uh, you know uh, support as well as financially. That gave me a you know real good courage of balancing this out. Alhamdulillah, I'm happy that this happened. You know, uh, that's. I, I would uh, give all the credit to family, friends, and everybody who has been throughout the journey helping up. You know, every day, even even say every conversation I had with you, a couple of conversations, right? Yeah. Even smallest of sparks that ignites, that gives you the more and more courage to do more. So, Alhamdulillah, that these are the things uh, uh, that's really helped me. Alhamdulillah. So there's definitely, and, and you, what you said it best is that when you keep working on something and you kind of follow that pattern and you're consistent you eventually get better. There's no way around it, right? Because you keep doing it. You keep thinking of new ideas. You keep thinking of ways to, to achieve your goal. And especially if you, as you mentioned, decide to take the leap and build the parachute on the way down, well, you have no choice. You either build the parachute or you crash. So it kind of puts you uh, against the wall and it really forces you to take action, mashallah. And that's amazing. And it's inspiring to hear. Now, Fatih, you ended up, of course, building Colabdeen, something that you've been working on for the last two years. As you mentioned, you guys are in the beta phase. You mentioned you're working with communities and organizations and you noticed they were really lacking in tech. And that's something that's very true. It's something that I think I noticed as well. And anyone notices, if you go to your local mosque, if you go to any organization, usually that's faith-based in the community, you'll notice it's a bit hard to get any details, right? Like sometimes you'll go and you'll have posters in the mosque of their events, but there's no online presence. There's no no way to under, to know exactly what's going on, to have real opening hours, none of that. So what you're doing is actually very valuable because more and more in this day and age, we want to know. We want to pull up our phone and be like, all right, is the is the mosque going to be open at that time? Is there an event for my kids that I can bring them to? Is there some sort of um, you know education or classes that they're giving right now? Now, some have started to do this, but not all. And you're helping bring that technology forth. What made you decide that this is what you wanted to focus on? This is exactly what you wanted to build. And, and these are the people you wanted to serve. Why did you decide, as you mentioned, Shopify was an inspiration. There was e-commerce. There was other options out there. But what made you decide really to go for that specifically, the community aspect for organizations? I I, I think uh, while I mentioned a lot of things around that was a motivational factor, uh, what I actually saw is being in Asia, especially a place like Singapore, where technology is really uh, quite advanced, right, in terms of the technology consumption as well as the technology usage, and especially what's happening around the world uh, I always started seeing a lot of patterns, you know, tried to understand technological patterns too early, uh, which also gave me a courage to understand what's happening in China. For example, in China, uh, if, if you know, there are a lot of apps like, uh, say, WeChat, for example. WeChat was yeah. something that was like too early, very early days. I was trying to see uh, how these applications are really making an entry. Uh, Tencent, you have WeChat, Alipay. Uh, Grab in Singapore, Gojek, Paytm, what all these surrounds together uh, and talks about uh, as a pattern for me is, you know, how collaborations happen, right? They're mm -hmm. not just a single standalone uh, application. For example, Grab, it's not just uh, a, a, you know, a, uh, you know, transport commuting uh, service, uh, you know, it's, it's more than that. There's a, a concept called a super app if you uh, really understand, you know, people started thinking all, of all these things, especially in China. Every time they build something, they think from get-go, how could they build a super app? How could they build an audience together and reuse the same audience for some other purpose on the same platform? Imagine you have a phone, right? You have a phone and you have about 10 different things on your screen. Now, you might have all the all the quick shortcuts. You know, it, it acts like an operating system for your phone. You have ten different uh, shortcuts that will take you to uh, that will take you to a place where you know you have all the shortcuts together. Uh, if you want to do payments, if you want to do uh, transportation, if you want to do a grocery delivery, everything together. Now, when I started visualizing uh, what we could actually envision for these Muslim communities, my the biggest fear was uh, the technology consumption was way be behind, right? If, I've, I've done a lot of hundreds of surveys uh, with the team. 
uh, speaking to at least 1,000 plus community centers from say Sydney to San Francisco, uh, having hours of conversations with these community leaders. They're, they're quite reluctant to you know consume this technology. And that was mm -hmm. my one of our biggest fear. Even if we build some solutions, what is that that will motivate them to you know be onboarded, right? Uh, if if you even build something, they always expect it's not as equal to Facebook, it's not as equal to Instagram, both the consumer side and the business side. So when I started looking at more and more pattern, you know, I our vision was you know, to bring these collaborations efforts together. We could not walk a journey alone; it had to be something to work together, right? Yeah. It, on one side, what we, uh, you know, in, in short, what we really wanted to do is on one side, uh, give this technology to the faith-based communities. When I say faith-based uh, masjids, Islamic centers, madrasas, and the societies, uh, all together about uh, 6 million in size and globally, right? These 6 million communities are not even, if, if I put down, not even one person is really using uh, the best of technology that is available into the, today's world, right? So there is a huge opportunity to go and provide technology on one, one, one side. Now, we could have actually gone that way, but uh, our focus was also, you know, trying to go hand in hand because we didn't want to, you know, put all the eggs in one basket from, from both business point of view, as well as, you know, while we want to achieve such a big, in, a, you know, inspirational, uh, you know, of uh, journey that we didn't want to, you know, have uh, barriers. It could have actually gone hand in hand together. So what we started doing is, uh, while we started building communities for faith-based ecosystem, we also you know, started building and looking to provision, building faith-inspired businesses. All the, if you understand the global Islamic economy, 3.6 plus trillion dollar economy exists. And this economy, uh, economy is really least uh, tapped in terms of technology. There's so much mm -hmm. gaps. We've been yeah. speaking to a lot of people everywhere. There are gaps. And nobody is able to solve those gaps. Why? Because everyone is trying to work independently in silos, and nobody is trying to bring collaboration efforts. Yeah. So our focus together is trying to build an ecosystem where faith-based communities, the users becomes consumers for us, and these brands and businesses and influencers have an ecosystem to talk to. There's a lot of collaboration, synergies, a lot of drives that happen, you know, together. Is that is that's the direction we are looking to add with. Beautiful. So you, Michelle, so you realized, okay, we're building a platform. This platform is going to be helping these organizations connect to their communities and stay in touch and build these communities uh, and really have a platform for their audience, which to kind of give a parallel to the listeners, for example, what we have here in terms of this Facebook group is a, is a community. Now, the difference is in terms of Facebook, we're limited to what the features that Facebook provides to us, right? Which is not very much, to be honest with you. And again, everything is on the Facebook platform, which means we don't really own our audience. Facebook owns our True. audience. They own our group. Whereas what you're doing is you're now providing a platform for these companies to be like, hey, we're going to allow you to own your audience. And you have this much more features. You have monetization. You can create events. You can create nonprofits, donations, and all these things all in one platform, in one solution. And you realized, OK, we can do this for organizations. And it works. But we could also offer this to faith-inspired businesses, things like Businesses like myself, Omarpreneur, where we're a different business. We're not a nonprofit. We're not a mosque, but we have entrepreneurship and that's what we focus on. But it's for the Muslim online. It's faith inspired. So that's an example of a perfect fit. And I think if anyone has a business out there, right, and you're thinking, I want to build a community, I want to connect with them in a better way. And I want to make sure that I have more control over these features and these things that I can offer. I think Colab Dean is a great option. And you realized we already have the system. We want to build it. Why not see if we can offer it to more people or really expand our reach and expand our niche. And it's a, it's a really a smart business decision for sure. And it's something that I commend you on. Now, Fatah, in terms of uh, Colab Dean and building the actual platform, right? You had that vision and you realized, okay, we want to reach all these people, we want to reach all these businesses. We want to help these organizations. What were your biggest challenges in building it? And as you mentioned as well, getting them to adopt this technology, because as you mentioned, they are very reluctant to adopt technology. What were your biggest challenges there? How did you overcome that? I think uh, to start with, you know, our, our focus has always been bringing private, secure, and trusted network within these communities. While we actually did that, you know, uh, throughout the journey, I, I, it's very tough for me to really come up with uh, challenges. I think every day is a challenge. To be very honest, every day uh, is a challenge. I'll just give you one glimpse of what's happening uh, in exactly today's today. We are like we had a challenge. I'll just give you that scenario. 
we are working towards uh, iHalal Expo, you know, and, and 30th yes. in the next couple of days, uh, we have the launch of this iHalal Expo. We'll talk about it a little later, but I just want to give one example in terms of challenges, right? So we had one person, we have a very small team, and one person is uh, off for his wedding, a very uh, core uh, person. Another person, uh, unfortunately, uh, met with an accident yesterday, uh, who was also, you know, taking up a lot of initiatives for this project. And the third person fell sick. So now without these three people, we have a deadline. It's a challenge, you know, every day we come through these challenges, but we know uh, how to, you know, tackle. Uh, good thing about our team is we are kind of multi-skilled, multi-talented, knowing multiple technologies. So uh, we have always played multiple roles while I uh, go and, you know, lead the business on one side i also go and play a, a user you know user interface designer role sometimes uh, within the team and that's given a good uh, focus uh, really understand the business and the uh, design aspects so i think that's that's something that start, started going well for us a very small team working mm -hmm. very well but these are the small challenges on a daily basis you can't keep uh, looking at it but i think if, if we can uh, if, if you can uh, you know say uh, tell me one thing that's uh, the biggest challenge that we have gone through now is uh, I, I would say, you know, uh, one thing that uh, maybe a uh, uh, lot of people uh, would be able to, I'm not sure how do I put this. This is not something that I've spoken uh, to a lot of people about. Sure, I think, uh, uh, since I've already gone through that journey, uh, it, it's, it's a very important and learning experience for us. What, what happened is, uh, in the month of November, end of November uh, last year, when everything was going very smooth for us, we are picking up the momentum uh, on a daily basis. We had a graph that was going a lot of more and more communities getting started organically and more and more users picking up. Mm. And uh, we had an, uh, a, an update from uh, Google Play Store saying, you know, there's an one SDK, one, one audience SDK that's part of our package that needs to be removed. That, that's, that's having a loophole, uh, you know, it, and, and it's not just us. There were about close to 50,000 uh, applications that were pulled down from the Google Play Store. And we thought, okay, anyway, in the next three weeks, we have an update coming in. So altogether, we'll just finalize and launch it. So we waited for three weeks. We launched the app, and our app was rejected. Uh, wow. we, we went back, made some changes. We launched the app. It got rejected. We spent, I think, close to four weeks, five weeks, and then six weeks went up. You know, every day was, you know, getting... a Get, getting to a threshold where, you know, because all our business is actually re relying on people going and getting our app from the Play Store. Yeah. But that is, that's an area where we are not allowed to publish our app. Uh, and and it, it was something that, uh, you know, it, it was going in a manual loop where one audience SDK is, is an app. Uh, it, it's a, it's a uh, SDK that's part of your onboarding process. If you know, uh, when you go on the apps, you have a Facebook and Google login. So we removed that. We removed the complete component saying, okay, we don't need, our, our users don't need Facebook or Google login. We'll go without that. And we launched that. Again, it was rejected. So we have no clue why it was rejected. It went lo loops into loops. Uh, we It really wasted uh, almost two months of our momentum. We wasted almost two, two and close to two and a half months. Instead of building new things, we started working backwards and understanding. But Alhamdulillah, finally, we had a bypass to that. Uh, we What we had to do is we really had to uh, let alone the app, because it, it, it was so funny and silly to uh, say this, you know. At the end of the day, we removed almost everything from our uh, uh, Collabdeen app and only launched one single screen and launched the app, hoping that at least this will get approved, but not. It, wow. it was a single screen. It was just an image. So that means uh, it was something that's gone into a manual or you know automation loop. Yeah. Uh, and it was an automated reply that was coming saying, uh, you have to rectify these number of things. So it, it was one of the most challenging times for us. Alhamdulillah, we have gone through that uh, journey. And you know what we did is we had to rebuild our app uh, and from publish scratch. it within, from scratch. Wow. So we had to relaunch the app. We had, there were a lot of le lessons learned through that. But Alhamdulillah, uh, again, we had to rebuild our audience from the scratch. So uh, we had lost a lot of important uh, users. Uh, we had lost our reputation because apps were not uh, uh, working and we had bugs yeah. that showing uh, your your app is on rest and a lot of people uninstalled. We went through that journey. We had a lot of learnings. Two outcomes, two positive out of that is at the end of that uh, whole journey, what we learned is we also built an app that uh, goes onto the Samsung store. 
We didn't want to completely rely. It goes onto the Amazon Web Store. So we had alternate solutions, and that was one thing. And then it also gave us an intelligence, insights, and you know, uh, good good efforts in saying, hey, why don't we actually build our own uh, uh, Dean store, right? Alhamdulillah, we have started working towards it. One day, wow. inshallah, next. Uh, Would that be a app store? Dean app store where you have wow. all the Muslim apps available. You know, one place for all the centralized space. So. Every every uh, you know a thread comes with an opportunity. We'll have to just pick up those momentum. Amazing, mashallah. Wow. I appreciate you sharing that honestly, and that would be amazing and revolutionary because again, it, it's funny because you guys are fixing that problem for us community uh, leaders and organizations and businesses where you're now providing us a platform to do it. But then you're stuck on the Google platform, right? So how do you then? fix that problem. You're like, all right, well, I guess we're going to have to build our own platform for our platform. So <laughs> it looks like it's going to have to be another uh, series. But mashallah, a lot of people in that state would have given up. Honestly, they would have said, oh my God, it's been two months. We lost all our users. You know, let's let's just throw in the blanket. This isn't meant to be, but you guys decided to keep going and you definitely had that drive and that vision behind you and you never let go of that goal. And a lot of people, they face these issues, right? In entrepreneurship and business. And sometimes they lose it all, right? You build and you're seeing progress and something happens and you lose it all. And the only thing that will get you back up is to remind yourself of what was the ultimate goal and why you're doing this. And that helps you get back up and continue. So much taller. Your story is very inspiring, Fatah. Thank you for sharing that. So in terms of building a, something like your, like your, like Kaladin, which is a software business, right? And it's, that's different. A lot of our, our, our entrepreneurs here listening in uh, live and that will listen to the replay um, have different types of businesses. They, they have, there are coaches, they're consultants, they have marketing agencies, they might have retail stores, e-commerce. You have a software business and that is very unique in its own way. I, th- I believe it's different than coaching, consulting and all that. How does it differ exactly building something like a tech platform versus something like an e-commerce store, for example? What's very unique to tech or unique challenges that you might face that you don't. We wouldn't really face with a different type of business. I, I think. Uh, <coughs> sorry about this. No problem. Uh, so, in, in a normal, typical, since I've been in that journey uh, of building softwares, you know, your gambles are small. You take uh, yeah. smaller risk. You think small. You always think of a project basis, and you know, you always think of, you know, what what do we do in next uh, six months? How do we make strategies for next six months or one year? But you know, entrepreneurship and building something like a platform is altogether a long-term game. Yeah. Uh, you will definitely have to have a lot of patience. You know, entrepreneurship, uh, entrepreneurs are never satisfied with the status quo. You, you yes. definitely understand that. So there are always things uh, that you'll all have to you know, project and think for the next big thing. Uh, scaling, building big, uh, really working out with everyone in this ecosystem is important because in a normal typical business, you might definitely put down your head. You have a strategy that worked. You kind of redo the same thing again and again, kind of a little bit of pivot here and there. But, you know, uh, this something that we are building as an app, you know, uh, as a tech platform with our entrepreneurship journey, uh, we have seen a lot of a lot of difference in the way we used to think and on day one uh, or, or the day zero or day one or first one month uh, right. our visions have kept kept keep changing right every time we started doing things uh, every opportunity was big and every opportunity you know tried to see how we can collaborate with more and more people how can we add more and more value to the ecosystem building an ecosystem is something very important that's that's kind of you know thought process gets changed uh, say, for example, COVID uh, brought us many more opportunities because what we are doing is we are building remote communities. Mm-hmm. While we did this, uh, uh, while I, I also explained to you earlier, right, uh, the business side of our platform was something that we envisioned to do Q4 of uh, this year, end of, end of this right. year. Yeah. But we had to expedite this because we saw a, a lot of patterns. If you see uh, the expos around the world, the halal expos, started getting canceled from me yes. to Canada exposed to London uh, everywhere you know but then we said okay uh, now anyway we have something uh, down the lane that we have to build why don't we focus and uh, you know improvise this platform where businesses starts using and building uh, their audience onto this platform and when we got an opportunity to work with iHalal Expo so uh, probably I can talk more about iHalal Expo uh, a little later but uh, to sure. answer your question 
I think these two things are about building a normal software business versus, you know, something that is scalable, something uh, towards our complete uh, entrepreneurship journey where you have a lot of risk. Yeah. Uh, it, it's like uh, everything or nothing, right? Mm-hmm. So it's all in. And, and it, again, it's, as you mentioned, it's the scaling works different because it's there's so much building with software when, you know, let's say something like an e-commerce, it's like... You, you, it doesn't take that long to build. Let's say you just want to put up one product. You want to see, is this product going to sell? You put it up there. You can use Shopify. It's going to take you a day or two, and then you can try to sell it. Whereas with a software business, you can't really do that. I mean, you you have the minimum viable product, of course, that you can build. But, I mean, you still need to code for a number of days and build the platform and uh, and, and whatever functionalities you want into the app so you can test it. So there's a lot of building and testing and building and testing. And it's a much longer process. But inshallah... Uh, of course, uh, if you get it right and if that audience builds up, then it definitely pays off. And you as well, behind Colabdeen, before we move on to iHalal Expo and talk about that, inshallah, with I, with Colabdeen, you are now at a point where you have a small team, right? And you're working with the co-founders and your team. What what was the point where you guys decided, you know, we need to go from just us, the co-founders, to start maybe hiring a few people here and there? What What pushed you to start making those hiring decisions in your company? Uh, a, a lot of things, uh, <clears throat> and j- just to give you a little a glimpse, right? So it, it was almost one year we started bootstrapping, uh, okay. and then we built one MVP, went on to a community, tested out, and everyone had that wow factor and said, hey, this is something very interesting. And uh, that is when we started getting, uh, when I uh, gave the same MVP to a couple of different countries to people, and they said uh, they would want to have this app uh, for their own community. Right? That was an MVP that we tried out. Uh, this was uh, while I was still working with yeah. JP Morgan. And uh, slowly, you know, uh, this is an important piece that I would like to share is, you know, uh, before quitting, I made sure we had some kind of funding uh, promises around, right? So what we did is uh, we definitely had, uh, uh, you know, uh, we knew that from the get-go, what we are looking to build is uh, not, not a small game. It's, it's a first thing, long-term game. And a big solution. It's a platform that requires uh, a lot of players to be part of it. It needs a very dynamic, promising team to build solution. Uh, and we have to be up to the speed, right? If you're slow, then we are out of the game for sure. So yeah. making sure we we knew that, you know, at least to qualify to get started, we wanted to, you know, set, have a set of uh, at least a small team, which where you know we have at least a couple of uh, Android and iOS developers. At, at you know, uh, we are, since we are playing multiple roles, we kind of fulfilled, but we started with, up with almost a six member team. And we knew that, you know, uh, funding plays an important role. We got the funding and then I quit JP Morgan and then moved on to the full-time team. So it, it is not that, uh, you know, uh, we, the decision was not made based on uh, whether we need somebody in the team or not. Right. It, was, it, was, it was an important factor that we knew that uh, building a solution uh, to this capacity of, uh, you know, where we want to reach out to the world. We want to go out to at least 3.58 million masjids and give this technology. We can't do it by one or two people. We knew we wanted to have a first core team and then build a stronger team around that. So uh, it, was, it was an easy decision. And then, uh, but but very tough journey to get the first hire onto our, on, onto our team. And then uh, we had a very uh, progressive uh, journey from there on. Uh, one, one, one interesting uh, fun fact I would say is, yeah. We had uh, in our first core team member of six people, uh, we had uh, a Hindu brother, a, a Muslim, definitely Muslim, a Christian, and a kind of atheist, right? So we had kind of mix of people who mm-hmm. is looking to build something that we envision to do uh, for a faith-based community. So it got input from all different various uh, kind of strategic team players, right? That gave us a good momentum. Uh, yeah, Alhamdulillah, it was, it was a good journey. Uh, you guys, you mentioned uh, funding uh, Fatahari real quick. Uh, what was it like, go, you know, as yourself building Colabdeen and, and, you know, deciding, okay, we need, we need some support, we need some investments. Some people, you know, they build businesses, they want to build an app, they want to build some sort of software, and they realize, you know, it's going to be a big endeavor, as you mentioned, we're going to need to build a team. Initially, of course, you're not making money because it's not even built yet. You have to build it first. You're going to need people who believe in that vision. What was it like for you guys to, you know, decide to go out and get funding, and and what was that process exactly like? Did you have to build some sort of presentation and reach out to people you knew? Uh, did you go through some sort of venture capital firm? What was your process going about it? Uh, 
I, I think for all the all the uh, youngsters who yeah. definitely want to go through this journey, you know, a couple of learnings that uh, personally I would uh, want to share is, you know, people who wants to invest definitely you'll have to go through uh, the proper pitching, build up a presentation that is more likable, and it's not all about presentation. It's all about what what you have put up in the presentation that uh, qualifies for you to go and speak, right. and then even before that. Uh, why do you want to do it? There should be a story for you to do it. And even before story, uh, what is the problem that you're trying to tackle? So all these things matters around. But uh, one important thing that I always talk uh, to the youth and tell about this is make sure that two things that you'll have to uh, uh, go with. One is do something that is something that is your passion. One thing is definitely it has to be uh, coming up from within. Say, for example, if I'm building something uh, from, you know, say a hijab store, right? I'm, I'm nowhere yeah. interested with the fashion, especially with the women's yeah. hijab. And if I'm forced to do uh, because there is a market there, I would not definitely enjoy that. So build up something that interests you and build up something that you have expertise with. I think these two combinations are quite uh, very much important and relevant. If you don't have experience, spend some time. Uh, at least a couple of years in understanding the market, uh, try to uh, really go out and build an MVP, D make some designs. You don't even have to build technology. If you're building an app, you don't even have to start with uh, building an app, go find a developer, you know, just with the UI UX, uh, basic uh, blueprints would definitely give you a good clarity of what you want to build. Go and show to people, talk to uh, the real customers if they think that is making sense. And then beyond that, uh, try to see if somebody is willing to pay for this idea. And that is how you want to really take it further. So research and work on your ideas is important. Every single business model starts with one big idea. You need to make sure what is that one big idea in, in yourself. Uh, another thing is you'll have to surround yourself with a team that inspires you. While we went through this journey, me and my co-founder had a very good relationship bonding. And that also inspired to build up a much more stronger core team that we are actually uh, relying on completely because right. uh, it, it is very important. It's not just about your team who is working with you day in, day out. It's all about advisor, mentors. Uh, it's very crucial for you. Having patience and determinations, having passion, uh, being more importantly, being a people's person is also important for you to really go out and uh, hustle on a daily basis to go out and achieve something. So I think it's a combination of a lot of things. Uh, it, it, it's really important how you want to take it further from that. Of course, definitely. And you mentioned something really interesting, Fatah, and that's really the, the best answer that you can give me, which is, and what I tell all my students when, when they join our program, which is, the first step is market research. And a lot of people want to skip that step. A lot of people think, no, listen, I have an idea. I know I'd pay for it. I know it's awesome. So I'm sure everyone else will pay for it. And they, people love to skip the market research step because it's not exciting, right? It's not exciting to go out and talk to people and ask them, hey, would you be interested in this? Would you want to buy this? Um, but this is, this is really what's going to make or break your business because it's going to save you a lot of money and wasted time and effort because it's going to show you in advance is something willing to pay for it? Is there a market for this? Is there a demand for this? And by doing that, you might also get early adopters, people that say, yeah, I'd love this. So if you do build it, let me know. I want to, I want to make sure to take part in it. And I think that's really the best thing, the best answer that you can give. So I appreciate that. Alhamdulillah. Glad your uh, understanding is uh, matching my thoughts. Alhamdulillah, definitely. So Fatih, let's now talk about a bit about your iHalal Expo. So you decided recently to bring your platform and to use it as a vehicle to provide a solution for a current problem that we have. With COVID, people and organizations, and we even had a guest, uh, I think, uh, two or three episodes ago. His name was Brother Nasir Deeb. He was the founder of the first North American B2B Halal Expo. I brought him on here, and he was also discussing about how they couldn't do an expo this year because of COVID and the quarantine. Now, you aim to provide a solution for that with your iHalal Expo. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And what brought that collaboration or that idea to place? How did you come up with it in the first place? Yeah, to create a vibrant yet inclusive economy engine, we must definitely reimagine the economy space with technology and even take bigger and bolder steps towards reaching that goal. So mm -hmm. what I believe, you know, coming from strong technology background uh, with about 13 years experience in technology solutions, I always believe making sure technology is uh, the best consumed in your business uh, that will really 
uh, propel and speed up your business. Now with COVID, uh, we all have seen, for example, Zoom, right? So yes. A lot of communities that I work with closely these days uh, who were kind of reluctant to you know, move on to technology. Now everyone is using Zoom. Yeah. The technology curve that was planned to go in the next two years happened actually in two weeks' time for Zoom. Right, Alhamdulillah. So technology is actually you know propelling and boosting the whole progress for all of us. Uh, what we wanted to do is uh, now that a lot of halal expos are getting cancelled this year, and uh, more than getting cancelled, more from a business point of view, what we really wanted to do is make sure these through COVID, a lot of businesses have been impacted. All the halal businesses, yeah. the whole economy is uh, you know is kind of scattered. The whole halal travel business is kind of stopped completely yes. stopped you know yeah. we, we know a lot of uh, airlines are removing thousands of people so what we really wanted to do is see while this is an opportunity for us while mm -hmm. uh, we also add value to uh, everyone in this ecosystem was uh, to see how we can actually build a virtual halal expo right so this right. came in collaboration with ihalal expo uh, you know in, in synergies with uh, the SMIC, if, if you know in uh, Turkey, SMIC is a large uh, OSE organization who whose initiative is this. We, we have partnered with them and tried to see how we can provide technology. Now, it was just an idea with uh, iHalal Expo that people wanted to you know uh, bring collaborations on the website. That is when we joined hands with them and said, hey, we can really revolutionize this. We already have something in the pipeline to work out later this year. Why don't we see if we can re-strategize and then bring this up front? What we really have done is, I'll just give you an understanding for every uh, user to uh, understand that. Let's take an example of Mihas. Mihas is one of the largest halal expo that happens uh, across uh, the year. Now, Mihas has, once you enter the Mihas uh, expo, you have different pavilions under different, you know, on a larger floor. You have yes. different pavilions, you have different stages, there are different events going on, different stages. And this expo is usually for three to five days based on how you want to call that out. So mm. every expo, every, every pavilion has, a, a, you know, every country pavilion has its own different uh, booths where businesses go showcase their brands, products, and try to build up synergies of, with everyone who is walking around in, in that exhibition and try to, you know, give out leaflet. And I'm just trying to explain this uh, a little further because yeah. I'm just trying to mimic the same thing on the technology. How can now, you transform that experience virtually? Uh, so, it's, it's so, so you're thinking about exactly. how can you transform that exact experience by in a virtual way? Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what, what you're looking to do is now, uh, on 30th uh, of this month, inshallah, we are launching this uh, in, in collaboration with iHalal Expo. Yeah. And what you will see is once you get onto Collabdeen app, you'll see a section called iHalal Expo. Get in there, you'll see the homepage of iHalal Expo, what's happening. It's like you're entering the exhibition. And then right. one, one of the sections will take you to different pavilions. You go to a pavilion and say, you go to a Canada pavilion and within Canada, you have all the halal business listed there. And uh, you'll be able to you know, go and see what products, what services they do. Everything is going to happen on Collabdeen. And then uh, just like how you exchange your cards, uh, with, with these people on iHalal, uh, within, within the expo. Uh, we have an option for you to you know, go and send a message to them, ask for more information, build up that synergies, understand more about the products and services. Now, this is in reality, you might be you know, uh, uh, doing it this for about 100, 200, 300, 500 businesses, right? But yeah. here, what, what is our vision is to bring the whole ecosystem on this platform. There's no limit of anything, right? Uh, bring as many businesses as possible, bring as many collaborations as possible, engagements two ways happening. Uh, within Canada Expo, for example, um, you know, we're looking to, as we move on, we are releasing the app in different phases. Uh, later on phases, you will start seeing things like within Canada Expos, we'll have leaderboards. We, you want to see who is the top player in the global Islamic economy from Canada, you know, based on a lot of gamified way, based on engagement, based on a lot of uh, users uh, ratings, you know, these businesses will go, uh, you know, in top 10 positions. It gives everyone an inspiration to do more for this ecosystem. So now, for example, you're sitting in Canada and want to know what's happening in, within the uh, Indonesia pavilion, right? You'll be able to get and see businesses, what's happening. You can support, you can build bridges. You There's so much synergies, there's so much collaboration that can come in. And uh, this is what we are willing to do. 
and there's so much more to come i'm just trying to give you a high level yeah. glimpse of what it is inshallah uh, there'll be events everyone would be able to create their events uh, if you create say for example you create an umar printer event and want to showcase to the whole world right the whole world will be seen through collabin platform within uh, within the ihalal expo umar printer is doing event on so and so date say thursday 5 pm you you just rsvp you don't need to register like you go to a lot of events you have to keep registering at a different level yeah everything we are minimizing that mashallah so if someone wanted to uh, if someone wanted to register and we have uh, of course sometimes we have a uh, uh, solopreneurs uh, in this podcast uh, like coaches consultants etc would can they also register for this expo or is it more for businesses so who's your target market uh, for this expo so uh, our target primary target market is uh, everyone who is in this global islamic economy okay. where you have if you, if you understand there are about uh, 11 sectors from halal food halal tourism uh, to islamic finance and and various within in that modest fashion uh, we also have a category of others where every business who is serving to these muslim communities uh, can be part of it so okay we are open for everyone and uh, we want to see the more and more uh, businesses wants to sign up it's good the good part about this is you know you go to any expo of uh, spend time uh, traveling and spend time uh, sp- spend money on travel transportation uh, accommodation and everything here yeah. you're going to save a lot while exhibitors smes uh, pay up front uh, exhibitors fees for the ihalal expo but uh, we didn't want to you know a kind of uh, put a barricade for only for these people but we want to open the gates for everyone you know whether you are a startup whether you you are somebody who wants to do more but you might not have funds this year uh, be part of this journey uh, we have opened up a startup a plan as well for everyone to get go and sign up uh, it's 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 beyond your expectation that you, your synergies of your businesses uh, is going to be you know uh, slowly at the momentum will pick up you'll have more and more formation of users uh, organically looking for you from various countries while in your local geography we actually boost every business so if i'm in singapore i can see all the businesses sign up for ilal expo and i can go and follow and you know start communicating start seeing what's happening in the space so uh, if you're a business owner definitely this is something uma prayer if you create a community uh, on collabdeen today or oh, everyone in canada will see you and they'll start uh, following you on a regular basis so awesome. being part of this journey early is definitely a, a boon uh, and a positive synergy that can build up awesome mashallah how do people how do our listeners sign up if they want to take part in it and as you mentioned there's really almost no barrier to entry for this so i definitely encourage all of you to go check it out and sign up it's an opportunity for you to connect and collaborate with more businesses and you and a bigger audience and inshallah as well you'll get a lot of opportunities out of this how do people sign up how do they go ahead and sign up for a booth it, it's simple uh, i halal expo.com is uh, uh, the website go there register you have two plans uh, for an exhibitor for startup so definitely you can pick your uh, plans exhibitors definitely will have many more <coughs> <coughs> sorry about that our problem exhibitors would have uh, many more opportunities to make more synergies do more uh, build up more audience while mm-hmm. startups w- might have a limited restrictions but uh, we definitely want to see how we can do more for them uh, again as i said uh, it's all gamified uh, you know if if you're really active and doing more for your own community building up your own audience uh, will definitely unlock a lot of features for you you'll see that when you're inside the app Amazing, mashallah. And so, Fatih, before we dive into the uh, the audience Q and A, we already have a few questions lined up, so people sure. are excited to ask you questions and uh, inshallah get your your insight on a few things. Before we dive in there, um, and again, by the way, I just want to give a shout out to Fatih because he came on. He's he has a bit of a cough right now. He's not feeling so well, but he decided to still come and share his time. So I want to thank you for that. Truly, my brother, really appreciate thank it. Happy, just like Allah khair. So. Um, Last question for you my brother if someone was thinking of starting up uh, an app you know as and we talked about that a little bit during the podcast but if someone was just saying hey i have this app idea and and let's say they did the market research and they took all the steps that you mentioned and it's something they're passionate about and and they saw that people are interested people would be willing to buy and they're like okay now it's time for me to start building uh, it looks like you know there's demand for this is the next step should be for them to go and learn how to code and try to do it themselves or should they maybe find if they if they can outsource this and hire someone else to build it what would what would you recommend to someone who's already done this for someone who wants to build an app what kind of steps should they take there are two ways to look at it uh, 
you know, I've, I've always told people uh, coming in this direction is it's very important for you to identify why you're building the app. If you're building it for uh, your own business for a specific uh, task, or is it for something to, you know, keep uh, molding it and have a long-term vision towards the app, then you have a two different approaches. If you just want to, you know, get things started, want to test out, uh, want to learn through this journey, uh, uh, it's okay to go out and give it out to somebody who can quickly develop this for you. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's definitely not a recommended uh, uh, thing. If you really want to, uh, if, if you definitely have a novel, uh, or, you know, cause around that, if you have the novelty around uh, the business, what you're re really looking to do, it's very important to have your own in-house team to develop this, at least the core team, because uh, as you start developing you will start learning that you know uh, you wanted to have a button here but you know you've already uh, told the, the third party team to come up with these designs right to working back with them it's definitely uh, one of the most challenging part uh, how close the team is uh, uh, even if the teams are sitting in your same city uh, if you're outsourced it uh, you will definitely not have easy things there'll be frictions there will be challenges uh, they will not take up to the direction that you want to because every app that you build, uh, every business that you want to build, I'm very sure it will take the evolution curve. So mm -hmm. be agile, be be in short, be agile and, you know, take that changes. As many changes that you take, as many pivots that you take for the greater good, it will really help you to polish your product and you'll definitely see there's market demand towards it. Uh, you will not be able to do that when you outsource it. So make sure... Uh, it has to be uh, something that you would definitely be involved with and have your own core team developing it. Awesome, mashallah. Thank you so much for that answer, Fatah. I really appreciate it, brother. So uh, we dive into a lot. We explored a lot. And of course, guys, like I said, make sure to check out Halal Expo. Now, before... Uh, or actually, we are going to right now start Q&A, guys. So make sure that if you have any questions, drop them in the comments now for Fatah, inshallah. And we're going to explore them and dive into them and answer them for you one by one. So the first one I have here is from Sister Faye. She's from the Philippines. And she says, can you give me three tips to uh, remember as we are in the process of wanting to leave a legacy in the Ummah, the way that you did with Kolabim. So what's three tips that you can give for someone who's looking to leave some sort of legacy in the Ummah, the way that you're doing with Kolabim? What can they do on their end to, to try to make a change as well? And I know it's a bit of an open-ended question, so you can take your time, but uh, it's definitely a good one. I thank you for that, Faye. I, I think in short, uh, uh, have patience in what you're doing, uh, have the passion, and have the perseverance to go out and achieve. I think with these three things, um, mm -hmm. it, it'll definitely adapt to whatever direction other sisters want to look into. So it, as it's broad-ended, I think with these three points, uh, if you can really focus uh, towards your goals, I think uh, you should be able to narrow down uh, passions, perseverance, and you know, uh, have patience around that. Uh, patience uh, really acts, uh, 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 you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a catalyst for you for your success uh, inshallah that is what islam teaches us as well definitely and the biggest the biggest reason why i see entrepreneurs quit and i see entrepreneurs fail is because or fail is because they just they go through a roadblock or their business takes a bit more time than they expected to build and so they decide this is taking too long and they run out of patience and they decide to stop and just like i always say uh, you'll only fail if you stop trying but but if you keep trying then it's not a failure it's a learning experience uh, so thank you for that Fatah. We have another one here, and this is about Halal Expo uh, and as well Kolabdin. So, question to Fatih Hadi: Will the app promote uh, fitness events and fitness businesses? So they love the concept, and they see so many amazing communities. So I'll let you answer that one. It, it depends. Uh, I, I would say if your fitness uh, equipment is focused to the Muslim market, okay. uh, and uh, something say, for example, I know a sister who is doing this fitness classes online to the sisters around the world. If you have something like that that's focused to the Muslim Ummah, I think this is a platform that will really help you to propel and go further, get a global audience, global present connections, and opportunity to interact in one platform, which is private, secure, and something that uh, will help you build your audience for a long term. So this, uh, whatever uh, interactions and uh, the community that you'd be building through iHalal Expo or through Collabdin platform, uh, well, it's not just for this uh, period until 30th of November when iHalal Expo ends. It's even uh, further beyond that. So pre-event, towards the event, and in future. Even in future, if there are multiple events, definitely you will continue to build your audience from where you left. 
So it's it's a con continuous evolution. So awesome, definitely Marshall. yes. Beautiful, awesome, Michelle. So you heard it on the podcast. As long as you offer uh, your services to the Muslim community, it's faith-based, then you are more than welcome uh, on the platforms, inshallah. Um, another question that we have here, and these are rapid fire, so I appreciate your time and your uh, and quick answers because that's awesome. We have here Askar, Sister Askarini. She is from, um, if I remember correctly, I believe she was from Indonesia. So she says that she's working with an NGO abroad in the UK. And they asked her to be a project manager in Indonesia, where she is. So she wants some help right now. She said, how do I start making my own team to help doing these activities that I've been hired to do with the NGO locally? So she's, this is a team building question. So you built a team with uh, Colabdin. We touched upon that a bit in the, in the podcast. But do you have any tips on building a team for this sister, uh, Ascarini, here? Absolutely. Uh, anyone asking me those questions, I'll be happy to do that because... Uh, just to give you a little background, uh, I'll just touch upon, uh, I've helped uh, build, I was part of the LinkedIn local, I was, I'm still a LinkedIn local ambassador for uh, Singapore uh, that has given me a lot of exposure to building communities and building teams. Uh, now coming to uh, you know the answer, uh, our technology definitely serves these NGOs, they are our primary customers. What we can do is, you know, uh, I'll definitely help if you can reach out to me on separately. I can, you know, try and understand more and try to see how uh, te technology like Collabdeem can uh, really be fulfilling opportunity for you. But the answer to you is build a community on Collabdeem. You'll be able to not just engage people outside the community, the whole uh, aspect, every, every audience is a community. But within the Collabdeem platform, your internal teams, maybe you have a team in the UK, maybe you have a team in the Philippines, Indonesia, Singapore. You'll have a team space where you can interact, engage things, so do everything on one platform. Uh, you have different kind of groups within your uh, platform where you'll be able to engage, let it be internal teams or external uh, community members. So when every collaboration is happening in one place, uh, it saves you a lot of time, a lot of efforts. A uh, lot of even time and, you know, uh, asking people, usually there's a typical time waster for a lot of people that every time you interact with somebody, you ask for an email address. You'll not be able to, you, you don't need that to do uh, through our platform. Uh, once a user is part of Collabdeem, you just engage with them, do things, you have everything that you need from them. Amazing, amazing. And, you know, it's uh, completely uh, taken care of in terms of privacy. We are uh, PDPA and GDPR compliant as well. So Alhamdulillah, we are just making sure how beautifully we can use technology for the Ummah, uh, using the best of greatest of technologies for everyone, inshallah. Amazing, amazing. So, so she can essentially leverage your platform for that and be able to do that. That's amazing, mashallah. So you heard it right here, Askarini. Make sure to check out Colabdeen. It's that you can download it for free on the App Store, Google, iOS, whatever platform you have. Um, now, Fatih, I want to thank you for your time. Alhamdulillah, we've been on here for an hour and you came on here. You didn't feel it so good. You had to have a cough, which inshallah, I hope Allah heals you quickly, grants you shifa as soon as possible. Where can people go to support you, to connect with you, to support Colab Dean? Where can they download it? You mentioned the Play Store, anywhere else. And just let us know exactly how we can support those initiatives and take part in them, inshallah. Uh, we have made things a lot of simply simple way. Uh, Dean.app will take you uh, to Collabdeen, whether you're on Play Store, App Store, or website. So D-E-E-N-Dean.app will take you. That's the simplest entry point for uh, reaching out to us. Get started with that. So uh, whether on Android or uh, uh, iOS, you'll be able to create your community, build your audience. Uh, what we have now is the basic collaborations, but the way we are looking to move on from here, uh, we have a very strong vision to build solutions on different verticals the platform is straight uh, where we want to you know build up different verticals one vertical that uh, one or two verticals which we spoke about is the uh, faith-based uh, uh, organizations uh, yeah. for masjid and islamic center another uh, uh, vertical is for the businesses now we are actually moving further from there as we move on we want to build up uh, the solutions for madrasas because the collaboration that's needed for the students, parents, and the teachers, and the whole madrasa universities uh, is the whole universities is actually quite dynamic, and it requires a lot of uh, custom solutions to be de de delivered. So we yeah. are actually building those things. So we'll be going further from different directions. Uh, one important last thing I would just want to add on is you know our vision is to bring the whole collaboration effort in one touch. Right when I say one touch. Uh, we are building an augmented reality engine. Uh, today, you'll see on Collabdeen on Android, just lift up the phone, you'll see 
for example, the simplest of thing is the uh, Hibla finder. Just lift up yeah. the phone. You'll see the uh, you'll see the Hibla finder. You'll see the Hibla there. But as we move on, the engine that we are building is swipe left. You'll be able to see, uh, say, for example, all the events happening around you. Swipe left again. You'll see all the musalla. Swipe left. You'll be able to see all the halal places, eateries. Uh, based Amazing. on the rating, you'll be able to go and engage. So that's that's our long-term vision. So sure. all these aspects, we are trying to see how we can have minimal touch points through one touch, how we can deliver to uh, the whole Muslim consumer. So inshallah, uh, there's a lot uh, to be done on our platform since we are very early in these days. Uh, do support us. Without your support, we definitely don't uh, have an opportunity to move further up. Uh, we yes. have a very honest, noble intentions to provide as much as possible to everyone in the space. Uh, it's all about collaborations. We want you know innovators, community builders, everyone to join hands and you know really add value to this platform. Uh, together, we can really achieve a lot as Ummah, inshallah. Inshallah, definitely. And so I'm really excited, honestly, for those features to come out as well myself. Because I mean, I, I recently moved uh, to a different area and. Uh, I, I was really struggling to find the local musallas to find what kind of halal places are on me to eat. And so it's definitely a real struggle. It's, I think a lot of people go through that. And so we're really excited to to have you release that, inshallah. And I'll make sure to announce it in the group as well so that people know about it and they, and they can join, inshallah. So guys, remember to download Kolabdin on the App Store. Make sure to join and sign up for the iHalal Expo. If you are a business owner or entrepreneur, guys, you'll have an immense amount of opportunities to connect and collaborate uh, with other entrepreneurs, other businesses, and other people, inshallah. And make sure as well to follow Kolabdin and Fatih on Facebook, LinkedIn, and all the platforms. Now, Fatih, thank you so much for your time, brother. It was an honor and a pleasure to have you on. Jazakallah khair. It is my pleasure, brother. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting. And uh, I'm really happy that I was able to share. And uh, for all the audience, feel free to connect. I'm quite active on LinkedIn and uh, Facebook. Happy to connect. Happy to share as much as I could, inshallah. Thank you so much once again. It's my pleasure, guys. So thank you so much for watching, guys. Make sure to, if you're watching this on YouTube or listening on Spotify, iTunes, etc., to subscribe. And inshallah, if you want to watch these episodes live, ask questions just like we do every single episode, make sure to join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash and we'll see you next week. Assalamu alaikum.